Hello, guys, and welcome to episode one of Get a Grip with Kendall Roosting. I'm clearly very excited. And man, first of all, welcome to the podcast. This is so exciting. I've been wanting to do a podcast for so long and could not have found a better time than now. So today, what we're going to be talking about, I know that we have talked like if you listen to the preview, this show is all about getting behind the scenes, going into the nitty gritty of having a grip on your life, getting inspired about that and uh, or getting inspired by <laughs> by that about the real stories of real people and how they are having a grip on their life while being successful, grounded, peaceful, living in love, whatever the definition is for them and chasing excellence, right? So today, my first solo podcast is actually going to be a little bit of an update because I think the biggest question that I get asked right now is how my knee is. So quick, quick background on that. We're going to fire away into the actual answer of that question. And then episodes two, three and following are mostly going to be interviews. I'm going to sprinkle in some bonus podcasts here and there of some solo episodes on lessons I've learned and things that I want to share as far as experiences, some some good, some real bad experiences that I've had that can bring some uh, peace and probably some inspiration, maybe some laughs to you guys. But today overall, it's just going to be a little update so that we can get that out of the way because it's definitely number one. Oh my gosh, have you heard that? Something fell in the background. So, <laughs> and the reason why is because I have my foot up on something, icing my knee as one does. So that gives you a hint to how we are looking. Um, and the thing that I have my foot on, part of it fell. Okay, <laughs> so to dive right in, guys, if you're already not familiar, I'm recording this on November 30th. And I injured my knee at ADCC, which if you're not familiar with jiu-jitsu, is the biggest jiu-jitsu tournament in the world arguably the most other than the gi world championships the most important one to win as far as solidifying yourself as the best in the world a lot of jiu-jitsu people compare it to the olympics because it happens every two years you have to win a trials or be invited to go um, and it's very prestigious so adcc was in september uh to kind of recap the year i've been dealing with a very major back injury which i think Talk about a different time because that is its own monster, but a very major back injury all year and just kind of a wild year in general for me, <laughs> but a bad back injury. I didn't know if I was going to be able to compete at ADCC. Um, I had to pull out of the trials earlier this year unexpectedly in the middle of the tournament, um, and I really didn't have much training going into ADCC at all. And again, more on that at another time. I'm just going to focus on my knee, but it was a big deal to be there. I felt the best I ever felt. I was having a great performance. I felt... Like I was on top of the world. I really didn't even know I could compete at that level. Um, it like, and I, I compete at a very high level, but that was my best performance for sure. So I felt very like I had a grip on my life going into that tournament <laughs> or I'd gotten a grip and with what I could have, with what I could, with what I had, I did, I did a really great job. So, uh, I went into the tournament on the second day in the semifinals, I injured my knee in the middle of the match, I was a couple minutes in. I have to look back to see exactly, but it might have been like five-ish minutes into the match. And what happened was, as I initially was told, I was taken out on a mid-match on a stretcher into an ambulance to the hospital. And I was initially told that my MCL, ACL, and LCL were completely torn and that I had a tibial fracture that I potentially had dislocated my knee and they needed to check to make sure one of the arteries wasn't like flipped the wrong way so that it would like cut off circulation to my leg and all these other 
ridiculous problems. Um, and that it was a max, I'm sorry, a minimum of an 18 month recovery and potentially career ending. So this was all told to me as I'm laying in the hospital bed in the Vegas trauma center, the Las Vegas trauma center, I'm on drugs. I'm in the middle of panic attacks. Maybe more on that later. I had really bad reactions to the drugs. It was really, really scary. And I'm like just lost or just was pulled out of the biggest tournament in my mind of my life, which is like the pinnacle of my career, seeing it as the Olympics that I've dreamed about doing since I was five years old. <laughs> and so talk about dramatic. So they tell me all of this and I'm like, great. Okay, awesome. And Anyway, it was a horrific experience. So without getting too far into the depths of that, because I think that's worth expanding on at a later date to go into how just how deep it was, because we're going to keep today all about the, the good, the positive. <laughs> Not that this podcast is only positive, because we only get into some dirty stuff, but huh, I didn't mean to say dirty. I meant, <laughs> I meant to say bad, dark, scary. I don't know. Anyway, we're just rolling with it. So, yes, I then had this diagnosis, the scary diagnosis. I leave the trauma center. They were telling me they were going to keep me overnight to do another, to do an MRI because they had only done a CT scan, but that I would have to stay alone. I'd already been there for six or seven hours. So instead, I somehow get hobbled to back to Mandalay Bay and I'm in this immobilizer. I'm like screaming in the ER and I'm telling them like I have a very high pain tolerance. I've had a lot of injuries. I never like verbally have to like scream of pain, but it was probably the most excruciating pain I've ever felt in my life. And I get back to the hotel. I'm on a lot of drugs, somehow get through the evening. And then I end up driving back to Vegas. Well, I wasn't driving. I rode. I laid down in a car and rode to home because I could not really get on a plane. And then quickly after that, I had an MRI and my appointment follow up, my follow up with my doctor. So initially I saw my doctor in uh, Orange County where I live and he is a sports, uh, an elite sports specialist who focuses on knees, of course. And he took one look at everything that we showed him with the CT scan and he was immediately like, uh, you know, I think what happened is that your patella dislocated, which because you can see the patella dislocate in the video when my leg got kind of kicked out so we were in a tie-up position my leg got kicked out on one side my right leg um with like a like a taekwondo karate kick thing I think it was just like the reason I'm saying that is so you can imagine or visualize if you haven't seen the video that basically it just got like kicked out from underneath me it wasn't like planted at all so all of my weight in my opponent's leg weight kind of collapsed in on the way that my left knee was turned putting all the pressure in one direction because I was turning for a judo throw um, or a judo style throw with my hips turning towards her while this happened and my patella dislocated and then on the mat I could feel something was off uh, I mean well obviously it was extremely painful um, but something was very very wrong Whew, it's got like shivers thinking about it and uh, I used my right leg hooked behind my left to extend my leg and pop the patella back into place which you can see on the video as well which is on my Instagram if you if you like gruesome things like that so that's there and he's watching the video and he's looking at the CT scan and he's like you know I think your patella dislocated and the way the patellas dislocate it really like MCL ACL and LCLs should be fully intact because of the way the knee has to move to make this happen. Um, so I would guess that your MPFL, your medial patella femoral ligament, 
dang, I got it, is torn and you may have a tibial fracture and it's possible that we may be able to heal this without surgery. So I was immediately really, really excited about that and eager to hear more, but I was also a little bit distrusting because I felt optimal, or optimal, I felt optimistic about what could come next, but I also, you know, I had three orthopedic surgeons in the trauma center tell me the same thing. So after all of that, I was really unsure of how to feel, but the major focus was just on like, how can we relieve pain? How can we stay positive and not to bypass the emotional experience, but really how can I process this, process this optimally, let things run their course and then get to the next step of what's going to be beneficial for me and the people around me and the energy that we have. So Hearing this news, went to get my MRI. I uh, really liked my doctor. This is the first time I met him. I've had some sports specialists that I've worked with in other areas, like my back and my neck and things like that. But this was the first time I met him, so I had really good experience there. And got my MRI. While I was waiting for the results, I mean, things started to heal really quickly. So I was really impressed, and I started to, I think, have the experience of, like, I knew that the way that I felt felt and thought about my body and what was going on with my mind was greatly going to affect the physical healing and so I just stayed really really positive as far as what I was trying to like manifest within my body what I was trying to teach my body to do as far as healing goes um and just the outlook that I was having I would say the first 36 hours were really 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 difficult and then after that because I really allowed myself to feel everything fully I allowed the energy to pass through allowed those intense emotions to um to have the space and the time that they deserved i really was able to process that quickly and i haven't been always been able to do that in the past but i think with more practice over time you get better and better and smoother especially considering how much of my identity used to be wrapped up in my athletic performance and my value was really my my value that i placed within myself really was determined by what i was producing um, I've had to work that through that a couple times with different injuries. And so this time was a little bit different having already kind of rebuilt my relationship with myself and my value, not based on athletic performance, especially this year with the back injury and coming after that. So I was able to kind of process the pain quickly and then get into healing mode. So then fast forward to the MRI results and I'm in the doctor's office and he tells me your M your MCL, your a your LCL, and your ACL are all completely intact, not harmed, not harmed at all. And immediately after I hear that, I'm like, wow, <laughs> like, thank God. That is such a huge blessing that completely changes the outlook of what we're dealing with um, from a major surgery or like, you know, these talks of reconstruction and career ending things and 18 plus months and things of that nature. I mean, that already is a huge shift. So then we find out, okay, MPFL completely torn, which is what we thought, uh, no tibial fracture, which is huge. And the risk with the divot that my kneecap sits into was that it might have been too shallow, which means that there's a really e common reoccurrence in people of with that kind of knee in uh, patella dislocations or kneecap dislocations. My, my kneecap, my everything was fine. So that is not actually an issue for me. And so what the prognosis is or what the I think I know what the word prognosis means. <laughs> what, what the next step is, is to try to heal without surgery. So I get these results back and I'm like blown away because we went from in a trauma center on drugs, having panic attacks, having one of the most scary experiences of my life um, 
to and being told that my career could be over and that we might have emergency surgery that night to immediately moving into this phase of like, wow, we're going to try to heal without surgery. I'm going to try to do this on my own with the help of physical therapists, my lifting coaches, my doctors and, and uh, smart people around me and really just, you know, focusing on my connection with my body and figuring out what I need. So we immediately went into that. I started going back to physical therapy and I have great physical therapists that I have good relationships with because of my previous injury with my back. And, you know, before my back injury, it's not like I had injuries consistently. It's just been a pretty crazy, you know, last year or so. So I have really good relationships with them and they immediately shifted the focus to my knee. What was funny is I realized that as soon as I started doing things for my knee and, and I couldn't for the first two weeks, I mean, I was completely or maybe the first three weeks. Yeah. Three weeks, completely immobile, reliant on crutches. Um, it was hard to even use crutches because it was hard to like pick my leg up off of a, a chair or a desk because none of my, my muscles were, uh, I was unable to activate them. So I would have to manually pick up my leg and move it. And that was excruciatingly painful or have somebody do it. And luckily I had a lot of help and support from the people in my life, um, during this time who really just sat with me almost like close to 24 seven and handled anything that I needed, whether it was helping me go to the bathroom, getting me water, um, and just, you know, feeding my cats, like all of the above. So I had a lot of help. I couldn't move for the first three, three weeks really. But then after I started finally getting to physical therapy and doing very minimal movements, I started realizing that my back was still not healed, <laughs> which I sounds obvious when you think about it. Cause my back was not healed going into ADCC, but I had focused so much on my knee that I really had forgotten about my back. And then as I started doing some physical activity, I realized that I needed to still keep healing my back as well. So what I will say since then, so we're talking like September 18th to now November 30th. So I'd have to check the calendar to see exactly how many weeks. But if you say it's approximately uh, maybe seven weeks or so. Wait, that's not right at all. It's been approximately like 10 weeks, I think. I have to double check. But I think 10 weeks. If it's been approximately that long, I would say the last three weeks is when I've started to be able to incorporate some actual exercise, which means like getting my heart rate above like 110. <laughs> so still minimal um, compared to what I'm used to being a professional and elite athlete, but way better than laying on the couch and doing nothing. And this has started to heal up my knee. Uh, exponentially and it started to also bring a lot of peace back to my life as far as my normal routines being able to get around get in a car drive my car um, sit down stand up you know things that you really take for granted when you are healthy and just being able to I mean one of the biggest things without with the crutches was I could I couldn't carry anything anywhere so if I wanted to get a glass of water I would need to go into the kitchen somehow figure out how to pour the glass of water which was very dangerous and then drink it and then go back to where I was. I couldn't carry a phone anywhere unless I had a pocket or any a computer or a TV remote or anything like that. So that was a huge deal, figuring out how to use my hands again since I didn't have to be reliant on crutches. That was so amazing. And we really pushed, I would say, pretty aggressively in the last three to four weeks as far as the progress in physical therapy and the progress of my strength coaches goes. So we've pushed aggressively. We're being careful, but we are getting a lot of movement and strength back into the leg and I'm starting to feel my muscles work again, which is such a blessing. So all in all, <laughs> the update is that we are trying to heal without surgery. 
fingers crossed and it's looking like that is going to be possible as soon as I check in every time I check in with my doctor we're just trying to make sure we're on track and the great news is we're ahead of schedule I also was able to get stem cell treatment with ways to well Brigham at ways to well is an absolute angel and he immediately after my injury I think the same night I was in the hospital texted me because I had seen him for my back before texted me immediately and said that he would help with whatever we needed so I was able to get stem cell treatment on my knee um pretty soon after the event and I'm continuing to take BBC 157 which are peptides and that's something that they provided as well um I was really lucky actually because I thought I was gonna have to have emergency surgery right away and so I canceled everything on my schedule under the sun basically until like February and then as things started to heal more quickly I was able to do a little more travel earlier than I thought so that meant I was able to go get the stem cell treatment in Texas and I was actually able to do a little bit of commentating early I had to be really careful about what I said yes to because I noticed that I started doing too much too quickly, which if you know me, that is not a surprise. But it also let me be with my family during some tra uh, some tragic events that happened. We had some deaths in the family. We had, you know, a lot of stuff going on. So I had this big three months planned after ADCC to be traveling, to be overseas. I had seminars and, and competitions and uh, so many different events going on that all got canceled that really of course it's always this way when I look back um, I couldn't have imagined I can't have imagined a better scenario than exactly the one that I'm in because it allowed me to be with my family it allowed me to do things like start this podcast and work on other things outside of just sports and athletics and it really expanded my capacity for compassion for other people and also myself it gave me a genuine readjustment on my sense of self and my value yet again <laughs> and it allowed me to sit really 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 still I would say forced at first not allowed then allowed it allowed me to slow down and really figure out what was important to me to reshift my priorities and to figure out how I could still be useful and valuable to myself and to the people that I love and to my community without my normal my normal routines without being entertaining on a on a mat and without being able to coach my students or train with my teammates and or be a good student for my coaches so it was a big adjustment for me to figure out how I wanted to contribute in ways that I maybe hadn't before or hadn't done in a long time so as far as the update goes I don't have a return date I'm hoping to be back on the mats maybe maybe four weeks, maybe sooner for lucky, maybe longer, maybe that might be a little bit aggressive, but I have, I'm getting close to full range of motion back. I don't have it completely, but I almost sat crisscross applesauce today. I tried and I couldn't get all the way, <laughs> all the way there, but it was close. So we're getting there and I'm being very patient with my body. I want to be fully healed before I compete again. And my major goal right now is ADCC 2024. I have some other smaller goals in between, but that's really the major thing on my calendar that is important to me to get to and just perform my best at, very simply. Um, I also want to say that when coming back from an injury, I've always, always rushed it. And at this point, it's fun when promoters reach out and I want to talk about what's going on early next year and when I'll be back. But I'm also very very patient and slow compared to before and I'm not setting any dates I'm not really giving any tentative dates either I'm gonna wait to see what my body tells me it's ready to do and employ more modalities of healing and mentorship and leadership along the way to get assistance with that and then go from there so 
I'm not back on the mats yet. I don't know when I will be. I'm hoping in a couple of weeks some very, very light movement. I'm still staying somewhat involved in jiu-jitsu. I'm doing commentary. I've been working very closely with Flow Grappling, Subversive, and other organizations. And I don't know when the competing will be in the future, but I'm hoping training will be very soon. And we'll start slow. We'll start minimally. I mean, when I was getting ready for ADCC, because of my back, I was doing like maybe two to three sessions of actual training and I mean that's again we'll talk more about the back situation later but that is something that we'll probably start with again when I come back from my knee and make those sessions very very focused on real strong implementations of changes in my game and additions rather than just grinding it out and getting as much training as I can as possible because I don't think that is going to be very helpful as far as moving the needle I think what this injury has really done for me is it's helped me figure out how to move the needle in really efficient and effective ways and not just grind for the sake of grinding. I love the quote that like busy is the new stupid. (laughs) I think it's something like that. It's along those lines. And I can't remember who said it It might've been Warren Buffett or that is probably not true. So please don't flame me if that's not correct, but I will find it. (laughs) Um, But it's true. I no longer want to be busy for the sake of being busy. I want to be effective. And this knee injury has really taught me how to a lot about how to do that because it's take, it took away so many of the things that I saw as effective before. And then once they were taken away, I realized that they weren't really bringing me what I thought they were bringing me. And I had to find new ways of going about that and reframing my life and what was important to me. So that is the update on the knee. We are, fingers crossed, knock on wood, not going to have surgery there may be a change to that if things don't heal the way that we want them to but that will be far in the future because according to my doctor we have to really like get back on the mats get moving put myself in these um, difficult situations and positions to see if there is still agitation or to see if there's lack of range of motion or to see if my my kneecap continues to uh, come out of place and if it does continue to come out of place then obviously we'll have to look at surgery there and see what the best options were but I don't see that in my future based on where I'm at now being a really ahead of schedule and having all my doctors and physical therapists really really happy with where we are so to be honest it's the best case scenario that we could have had I'm so incredibly lucky and blessed to be in the position that I am and to have so many people to help me and it's the best possible outcome for an injury that you really could ask for I think when I was in it I had that sense of I know that this is going to be the best thing possible for me because I have proof that every time I have a big traumatic or seemingly horrendous event I always look back and realize it was the best thing that could have ever happened so I have the proof but I just don't know what it is yet and it's still really painful (laughs) and Having that faith, really, really strong faith, carried us through to where I am now, which is probably the best place I could have ever imagined myself being, the strongest, most in touch with who I am, the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, the people around me, my relationships. I feel so, so fulfilled. And I wouldn't have had this in this way had I had just, in my mind, gotten what I wanted, which is winning ADCC and then going on this new world tour. And it's always that way when I look back at different things that have happened. So a sense of peace I have now, really grateful for. And the mat is always going to be there when I'm ready to return. It's not going anywhere. I have a long career ahead of me. And I feel really grateful to not be in fear about that and to not be in a rush about it. I don't have certain names that I need to knock off a list and people that I need to beat or certain titles I need to win. There's some things that excite me, like winning ADCC or retaining certain titles that I have. But I don't feel that pressure anymore to perform 
in a way that's going to bring me value because I've had to find my value outside of performance. And that's been probably the most beautiful experience for me and led led me to a lot of peace and, and fulfillment in so many different areas. So I this is my update. This is probably different than the normal episode that we're going to get here on Get a Grip because this is a very, very specific update that I've been waiting to give for a long time and people ask questions about a lot. And I hope that some of it can be helpful and inspiring to you especially if you are going through a dark time or in the future when you do, if you can recall this story and just that one piece of faith of anything that I go through, I can always look back and find value in and say thank you for. Of course, there are horrific, horrendous things that nobody wants to see happen, but in terms of life events like this, it is always, always the best. And you don't have to know that it, what is going to make it feel like that, but having the faith that it will someday is very, very grounding and leads you to look for the answers and to look for the bright side because what we look for, we will find more of. And so if we're convinced that it's the worst, most horrible, depressing thing that has happened, we're going to find more evidence for that. But if we are convinced that it's the best thing that could have happened and we don't have to know why yet, then we're going to find evidence for that as we go. And I think clinging to that and having people in my life to remind me of that and staying strong in that faith really made all the difference. And I'm so, so grateful. So thank you so much for listening to my story. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being patient in this answer if you've been wondering for a while. And just thank you for listening to the podcast and witnessing um, all that is going to be happening on Get a Grip with Kendall Roosing. There are so many amazing interviews coming up in the next few podcasts. So please subscribe, like, share, uh, leave a review. Actually, that's one of the most important things because I want to know what you want to hear. I know what's helpful for me, but I would love to know what's helpful for you. Who do you want to hear from? What do you like? What do you not like? What is helpful? What's not helpful? So that I can formulate the podcast about around what's best for you as the listener it's really really valuable important to me so I really appreciate it and I will definitely see you next time but in the meantime make sure you do all that oh you can find me on Instagram if you have any specific questions about this podcast you can leave in a review but you can also write me there you can comment there check those out I'll leave all the links and everything that you would need in the description notes and the show notes and this is officially my first closing of a of our first podcast again thank you for being here Thank you for witnessing it and we'll see you next time. Should I add like a weird ending to each podcast? I'm already weird enough. I don't know if I need to do that. <laughs> Peace out. Stop.